You're listening to Amphibicast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, this is going to be a bonus episode, or a, kind of a, an addendum. In episode 41, I sat down with Mason of the El Paso Zoo, and we discussed quite a few topics related to animal care in a zoo environment, as well as his experience keeping amphibians professionally and, and personally. Well, since our last, <laughs> since our last interview, uh, there was a bit of an incident at the zoo. And Mason's come back, we're going to kind of discuss really not the specifics of it so much, but really more the implications uh, for a zoo-type you know, environment when this type of thing happens. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, earlier this week, there was an incident where a woman unlawfully trespassed into the spider monkey exhibit at the zoo and began feeding them while someone recorded it. And obviously, of course, the video went viral. The woman was subsequently arrested, released on bond, and, and charges are pending. You know, there was more to it than that, but I, I don't really want to focus too much on this person and, and the specifics of what happened. I really want to kind of discuss the implications for the zoo and why this is a bad thing altogether. So Mason was, was great enough to come back on the show, and we're going to kind of maybe hear a little bit more about what happened and really why this is just a really, really bad situation. So uh, Mason... Uh, what's up? I, I reached out to you earlier this week. I, I said you, you made national news. So how does that uh, how does that sit with you? <laughs> uh, I wish it was for something else, but uh, it's hey, I had my fifteen minutes of fame. I can die a happy man now, I guess. <laughs> no, it's 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 cool. I mean, unfortunately, if I'm I'm sure if people haven't seen the video already, it's it's pretty well out there. I'm going to assume a lot of people yeah. have seen it, but. Do you want to tell us sort of like maybe the background and you know, I don't want you to get into anything that you don't want to get into, but you want to kind of give us a rundown of, of, of what happened and uh, what the aftermath was? Yeah. So on the video, you can see there's a woman that uh, trespassed in the spider monkey exhibit. Uh, she went near kind of where their shift area is uh, under the waterfall. So they do like to hang out where she is, where she was, uh, sitting there so that they were probably a little confused there as well but um yeah as you can see they were very agitated during it we don't go in with them personally they're a uh, protected contact species so uh, any kind of interaction we have with them is through um protection like like uh, mesh bars or something like that um or we like, shift them into something else while we go clean the exhibit uh so yeah so the implications are that she went in there and trespassed and disrespected the animals and stressed them out and uh yeah so we have to we have to deal with uh with their attitudes after <laughs> what are some of the repercussions of something like this because it this is not something that has it, this is not something that just happened today it's it's happened repeatedly in the past not with this particular person per se but mm -hmm. i mean i remember being a kid in the eighties and someone went into the polar bear exhibit. I can't remember if it was the central park zoo or the Bronx zoo, but oh God. yeah, I mean, polar bear killed this person and it, it was, oh, God. oh yeah, this was a, this was like a big deal. It's happened, I think in maybe 85, 86, but it, it's not the first time I've heard about this. And now with the world being, you know, so small now, what with social media, YouTube, et cetera, you can pretty much see anything that happens within a few seconds. But I mean, like what, what's like, what are some of the short-term repercussions of this? And like, what are some of the long-terms in terms of like how the zoo is going to have to move forward after this? 
long term, definitely, I think that uh, the director has said that we're going to make some modifications to the exhibit. So these monkeys have been here for a long time, and spider monkey exhibits and monkey exhibits in general in all AZA zoos are all pretty much the same. They're very open, and they are surrounded by water because spider monkeys and other types of primates like that can't swim, and they're not they're kind of afraid of water. So that there's never they've never escaped. We've never had an escaped monkey at the El Paso Zoo. So um, a lot of people were questioning, like, oh, if she can get in, why can't they get out? So that's to address that question. Uh, that's also why we have the waterfalls on there too, so they can't climb the rock work. Um, they're they're going to be scared of the water. Honestly, I feel like if the waterfalls weren't even on, they wouldn't even get out. They just <laughs> they're just so used to just being in the exhibit. So. Um, but yeah, long term, we're definitely going to have to make some modifications, maybe some extra security. Um, going to have more, uh, maybe a camera, maybe some cameras. I haven't, I haven't heard any things about that, but definitely some kind of modifications. And I heard other zoos are going to be doing the same thing now just to prevent something like this from happening, um, which kind of stinks because if you have higher fences, it just kind of obstructs your view of the beautiful island where the monkeys are sitting at. Um, so I don't know what kind of fence they're going to be doing or when when it'll take place but i know something's going to happen i know we already we've already been bumping up our personal security like like zookeeper securities i know people in the area are always doing a lap just making sure uh ever since that happened so i appreciate that um but yeah hopefully this doesn't happen again uh short term short term i'd say the monkey's attitude towards keepers and just uh being you know, being difficult because obviously like we, we didn't know the day it happened. We had no idea until the next day when the video was posted. So when we saw, when we saw the video, we were like, was this, we were kind of questioning. We were like, was this yesterday? Like, when was this? We couldn't really tell. Um, and then the monkey keeper that day did mention that they were a little agitated in the, at, at the, at the end of the day. So that explains it. And then the next day they were, not wanting to train they weren't very interested in training they were kind of making vocalizations they weren't very um happy at, at that point um so yeah just the because yeah you have to understand they they see us the same as they see a guest it's a human you know they, i'd like to say that they see us as something more than that but at the end of the day we are human so if they're they had a bad experience with the human they're going to be a little hesitant for a while to want to approach or trust us so it's it's all about building back that trust and that relationship it's ironic how so much in the way of enclosure design now goes towards making the animals visible and really it goes for anything i mean i know i I know everyone out there this is an amphibian show but i mean in this case it really applies to everything regardless of what type of animal it is but the general direction seems to have been to create enclosures that are more open, that the animals are more visible in a more naturalistic habitat as opposed to being, uh, as opposed to being behind bars, which they were in the early part of the 1900s and beforehand. But yeah, um, when it comes to guidelines and stuff like that, like from the AZA and whatnot, I mean, is this something that you mentioned before that other zoos are going to make uh, changes as well? Like, is this something where all the zoos kind of like get together and have a discussion in terms of how to prevent this going forward? That's a bit above my pay grade. I don't know. I'm sure it's like curators and directors of zoos all kind of talking to each other and saying, okay, yeah, we might, we have a similar, we might have to do the same. 
or maybe they had similar incidences happen that just didn't happen to go viral. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be, we're going to be seeing some, some changes in just, it might not even be just for monkeys. It might be for other things as well, just to prevent this. Because as you, I'm sure you heard the, the guy that went into the elephant exhibit in San Diego, not too long ago, that brought his daughter in there and that made national news. And then, you know, this incident, I just think that's, I don't know if this is just some weird challenge humans want to do now. And they forget that these are, they're zoo animals, but they are still wild animals. They're going to act on their instincts. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame that people have to see that. And it's, and I feel like it's going to take a horrible incident, like you were talking about in the, with the polar bear for, for it to really wake people up, you know, and, and obviously I forgot about Harambe, you know, the gorilla from Cincinnati zoo, um, child fell in there too. That was a big, that was the spotlight as well. So, but you know, when the polar bear incident happened with you, that was or um around what was you said it was in the 80s right yeah that was around i I can't recall exactly i think it was around maybe 85 or or so but it wasn't like the social media era like it is today no this was imagine that happened now (laughs) oh yeah Uh, there was another there was another case which i don't recall when it happened but this is probably within maybe the past 20 years or so i mean which for me isn't like nothing but um (laughs) uh there there was a woman who did either get too close to a polar bear enclosure or something to that effect and the polar bear actually grabbed her by the leg but she wasn't inside the enclosure it got her through a set of bars and it it, i think i know what you're talking about yeah it wasn't a a fatal encounter but I, i don't recall all the facts behind it but I mean, it's not the same as like actually going in behind a kind of barrier. And the, I mean, I think there was another incident at the Bronx Zoo recently. I mean, the, th- the thing is, is, there's a lot of them. It happens repeatedly. Is this, I mean, I don't like to call it a trend. It's because it's, you know, not ha- like thousands of people aren't doing it a day. But is this type of situation adversely affecting like the, the public relations when it comes to zoos and the general public? I definitely think getting in an animal enclosure is not a trend or it's not like some weird thing that like everyone's doing, but I think doing stupid stuff for the internet is what's a trend uh, just for likes and for views. So in in this particular case, it was to get into a monkey exhibit, you know, the next day it might be doing a flip on your, on your bike over fire. So like, it's just, just, it's just like weird stuff that people want to do for likes and attention because that's what, people want these days i guess um to answer your question mm, i don't i don't think so i think uh to be honest i forgot your question can you ask it again? it's okay sorry <laughs> I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot i mean basically i mean no, I, thought, I was just thinking about something else but no, yeah it's go cool ahead. it's cool i was kind of long-winded about it but <laughs> what i want to know is when you have an incident like this how does it make zoos look to the general public because everything's public relations. You want to have a good public image. Does this make zoos look good? Does it make them look bad? Like what what are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on the person. So if, if you're already on the fence about zoos, then maybe this will be like the thing that pushes you off and says, Oh, you know, like just like the people that say if they can, if she can get in, then they can get out and that's not safe. Or so, if you were on the fence about that already, it might have pushed you off the edge. But if you were passionate, if you're passionate about zoos and you love animals, then this could strengthen your your feelings on zoos. Like, okay, this is this is bad. We need to stand with the zoo and be 
more diligent and more like aware because like you know uh, not a lot of people are saying this but the people that watched in the background are just you know just as much as fault as she is like they just let it happen and they should have warned someone they should have told a security officer or a keeper that that's like something's happened if i see someone doing something like that if i don't do it myself and i'm a guest if i don't um like take charge of the situation myself as a guest i'm 100 percent telling someone like i feel like that's just like something you should do like obviously you don't need to if you saw in the interview like that little girl knew not to go in there so like it's just people need to be more accountable and um you know be more and, and tell people when things are going wrong but i think like i said it, it, it can go either way so if you were on the fence about zoos it might have stirred you the wrong way but if you were already in a lover of zoos and a lover of animals then then i think it might have strengthened your view on it yeah, I just hate to see people judged by the actions of the, the lowest common denominator. I, I hate to see yep. the, the very bare bones, the, the the worst type of behavior set the bar. And it just seems like when you have people who are doing a tremendous amount of good work that's productive, that's concerned with the animal's well-being, that's concerned with public education, then you have a, like a complete spectacle like like this. And it undermines a lot of those efforts that people in, in, in people who work in zoos and, and wildlife parks, et cetera, like you, you go through all that to make everything look good, which it is. And then you have something like this happen. It just sort of like takes the wind out of the sails. And to flip the question around, it, it could change, it could change zookeepers views on the public. You know what I mean? Like I talked in our last podcast about how I'm kind of on the fence or not on the fence, but like I'm walking this line of diehard conservationists that want to educate people and people that I know that just don't care. So it's the same thing. Like this, this could be like bad for zookeepers around the, you know, the nation that are like, oh man, all guests are the worst. They just want to come and, you know, take like disrespect the animals, but it, that's not true. There's a plenty of guests that want to learn and they want to come here and respect the animals because they love the animals and they love the zoo and we love them. So for that, I, you know, I think the, the guests that are coming there and following the rules and are enjoying themselves and having a good time and whatnot. So, but I, like I said, you have to, you know, you go off, you, it, it could make someone that was already on the fence about like, zoo, like a zookeeper hating the public or something like that, or not liking the public, but push them off the edge or, you know, vice versa. So. Yeah, I could totally understand that being the the last straw for certain people. I mean, especially <laughs> yeah, the other thing is like, it's also a living. People don't realize that. I mean, as a keeper, you're you're it's a job. You're there. You're putting in work, and something like this is just it's it's bad. Got to be bad for morale. It's got to be bad for. Well, I don't want to say bad for business, but it, it's not going to be something that everyone's going to be talking about as like the the highlight of the year. And like, what really must think is. Let's just say that you have, I mean, I know last time we talked about pronghorns and I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to pose a hypothetical here because I'm not really much of a mammal person, but let's just say for argument's sake, you guys had a, a captive breeding program for pronghorns and let's just say that that was doing really successful. Well, the sad we thing, the sa okay, okay, then I'm on point, but <laughs> the, the sad thing is an event like this will get more attention in the media than a successful captive breeding program that's going to preserve an, a severely endangered species. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just, we all, we always focus on the negative. That's always, that's just humanity in general. Yeah, it's just a shame that it ha always has to come to that. Yeah, you, you gotta be, 
it does ruin like the the view of everyone else. Yeah, like one bad apple can ruin it for everybody. So, um, but I think it it and it honestly strengthened the for us at our at our zoo with like the, our keepers. Like we all kind of came together. You know, like like all the areas are like, you know, what she did was wrong. Like I, I'm sorry for you guys that you guys are like having to go through that. I'm sorry that, that that happened to your animal. Like they, you know, the animals, we may, like my area may take care of the animals, but it's really like everyone's animals. It's, they still, they still are employed by the zoo. They still see them every day. They get to, you know, inter, you know, interact with them in a way every day. You build, you can build a relationship without actually working with the animal. So, you know, it was nice to see uh, all the areas kind of come together. Well, that's good to hear that there was solidarity. I can't imagine any reason not to stand by each other, but, um, yeah, me yeah. Either. <laughs> I mean, I, I also just, I mean, just to clarify my position on this, I, I, I just want to go on record to say that I support you guys. I support everything that you guys are doing. And I totally agree with you guys that what happened was irresponsible and never should have happened. Yeah. I appreciate that. Do, do you think the fact that it was primates made it more public i mean as a, like do you think that this would have gotten the same notoriety had she gone in with like pronghorns or or a, or a javelina i think if she went in with the javelina she wouldn't have it would have went really bad for her maybe the pronghorn too our male enrique is no joke so uh i i'm not sure what he would do if someone was in there because he ha he's starting to get a little protective of the girls so especially in september when he when they're in rut i would wouldn't want anyone to be in there with him. Um, I do think it makes a little bit more of a, more of a news story just because of, especially because of COVID, you know, they can get COVID COVID's a hot topic still. Um, but I think it's just animals in general. Like right now, like this the thing in San Diego just happened and um, that made national news. It's just like people in animal exhibits right now seems to be what's on the news. And this was just no short of it. So I think it was just, it just happened. Um, and it was a good video too. It was pretty clear too. It wasn't like a kind of fuzzy picture from far away. It was very clear. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, to answer your question, I guess in a serious matter, I, I don't think it made a difference. I think it would have gotten the same attention no matter what animal it was, just because it was a person in the animal exhibit. But if the video was clear, you know, it, it, I think that that's what really matters too. Because if she went in with the pronghorn, they just would be running around like nuts because they're a really skittish species. So that would be even. You could argue that'd be even worse. But um, I think it's also because the monkeys engaged. They were like kind of defending their turf. It made it more. If if she just was on the island and they didn't pay no attention to her, they were just sleeping and they didn't care. It wouldn't have made news. But because they engaged, it was a big deal. Um, I think that's what made it blow up. Yeah. I think that people tend to gravitate towards animals that, I mean, that's like, a, that was a really great word that you used was engage because for some weird reason, people feel like they have to constantly engage with other living things as if it was like human terms. And I, I, I don't want to engage with a spider monkey because I <laughs> don't want my face ripped off. So I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it just seems like person, certain animals like primates, elephants, and, um, I guess like, like cetaceans, like killer whales and beluga whales and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it seems like people 
have this like weird need to try and interact with them as if they're like another human and they don't seem to realize they're not human and they might be having a bad day where they just they, they they're not waiting there for you to come in and interact with them they're yeah. minding their own business and then you come in and it can pretty much go any which way but loose well like i said earlier they're still wild animals they may be in a captive setting but they still have wild instincts so like the guy that went in with the elephant it charged him you know it, that's what an elephant would do it would defend its turf uh the monkeys are defending their their turf they're, they they that is their island and she she came on it and that's not what she what they wanted and and you and you um honestly i think she got she got lucky that she was standing by the waterfall because like i said they're scared of water so that little barrier of water between her and them is what really saved her if she was in the middle of the island, I, I really think that it could have gone a much different route. What was she feeding them again? I heard, I heard a couple, I think I heard it was Cheetos. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it was true. It, it just said hot Cheetos. I don't like, I don't know if that was even like, confirmed or not. Uh, we didn't like see like hot Cheetos on the island or anything the next day. Cause obviously they, they they're going to eat, they're going to eat anything that shows up on that island. But um but yeah that's what people like to talk about your previous point people come to the zoo and if they don't see the animal doing something they think that that's wrong they want to see the animal doing something you can't just like sleep so that you know maybe that's what she was thinking and she went in there and wanted to see them move because they do sleep they, they do lounge a lot so they're old monkeys and that's what they're going to want to do so yeah i don't know if she was expecting that to happen or not yeah i think that I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, I I can't I can't read minds, but I mean, I I think that this person went in there expecting a certain type of interaction. And I think she got it, and I think that that was, like you said, I think that that also had a lot to do with it. Was that the the engagement was really what got everyone's attention? Because yeah, I I could totally see that. I mean, if she just kind of walked around in there, then it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. But she actually fed them and. I don't know. Yeah. I think that was kind of where she dug her own grave, but I'm not a primate person. I don't really know a tremendous amount about them, but in, in terms of diet and whatnot, obviously this is, this is a, a bad situation, right? I mean, they should not be eating certain things, right? Yeah. And you know, they, if you think about it, like in a human's perspective, if you eat, if you're eating keto or just like, or if you're vegan or veg or vegetarian for a really long time and then you introduce let's let's say vegetarian you're a vegetarian for 10 years and then all of a sudden someone gives you a whopper or something and how do you think your stomach's going to feel after that <laughs> like it's it's not going to feel good because you're introducing something of like a foreign substance to your body that it's not used to digesting those kinds of things it's the same with them they're vegetarians they eat uh we give them fruits and vegetables um they get like a special leaf biscuit it's called a leaf eater biscuit it's just made of plant matter um and then they get like little treats like cheerios or peanuts popcorn uh but it's all like non-fat like i don't want people to hear this and be like oh i can throw him my popcorn no they eat like it's like non-fat low fat like low fat no butter no salt popcorn same with peanuts same with any any other like little like things that sound like candy their cheerios are like the boringest cheerios you would never want to eat them they're just bland oat cheerios <laughs> so they're not getting sugar sweets like people think that we might be giving them 
Um, so yeah, so for someone to give them like chips, like a hot Cheeto or Dorito or whatever, anything like that, super highly processed because everything that we give them is all natural. Um, super highly processed like that, uh, with the flavors and whatnot, and the spices. Yeah, it's just um, it it probably really upset their stomachs, and that's probably why they were so agitated at the end of the day. Yeah, I can't imagine them feeling so good after that. It's funny because what you said before about someone who's on like a, like a strict vegetarian diet and then they eat a like a you know like a hamburger or something they get sick I, yeah I, it was the opposite with me i had um i was trying to eat healthier and i ended up eating soybean curd and i, yeah, I, I threw up after like 20 minutes but <laughs> yeah, it, just, it, it happened but it's any yeah any way your body is used to something and if you introduce something that's different it's going to react in a certain way whether it be good or bad I just never really understood why people felt so obligated to feed things. I mean, I can understand, all right, domestic animals like, you know, goats and llamas and stuff like that. Okay. But animals with special diets, I never really understood what people thought they were trying to accomplish by, like, throwing peanuts at elephants and, like, throwing Cheetos at monkeys. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, why someone would, would think that that was a good idea. Well, it's the interaction thing, like I said earlier. They, if they see the animal doing something that's not, what they want they want they want it to be a circus they want it to, to perform tricks for them and that's just not what's happening so they think by throwing food they'll get a reaction out of them which you know 99 percent of the time they probably will because animals like food so it's just not like you know we it's just not a good look yeah plus there's a lot of really specific diets that are actually manufactured to like i think it's who is it? i think it's missouri they make a crocodile diet that's that's yeah, formulated just for crocodiles. So, yep. I mean, I'm going to assume that you guys have specifically manufactured diets for a whole host of animals that are based on their specific needs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we use exclusively Missouri, and it's they have they have them. That's where the I think the leaf eater biscuits are Missouri, and then like every it's crazy. Like zebras can have their own special giraffes will have their own special thing. It's like it's Missouri makes them for everything. They elephants have a little thing for them too. They have, they have their own little grain. It's really cool. I don't know how they do it, but it's cool. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how they're able to figure out everything's dietary needs and, and managed. I mean, obviously there's going to be stuff that's going to get supplemented to it, but uh, I think they actually make a frog food. I think they make a Pac-Man diet. Yeah. Which is like I've a powder. It. Yeah. I, I didn't have a lot of luck with that with any of mine just because, um, I, I don't know. It was, to me, it was, there were cheaper alternatives that were just as, as nutritious, but I know some people really like using that product. I think that would benefit for like, like a guy like Pat Klein, like you had on yeah, a big time breeder that need, you can't be feeding them a thousand pinkies. You'd rather just give them the powdered food. I think that Pat actually did feed everything pinkies. He was, he was a big fan of whole prey items. So he and he I also he, does that too, right? I don't remember. It's been a, I haven't spoken to him in a while, yeah. but, uh, I know he, I believe he had a good opinion of the stuff. I, I know that we talked about it in terms of people who didn't want to feed mammalian prey or, or, or insects or whatnot, it being a, it being a good alternative, but, um, it's, it's, but I mean, just to bring it back, it's, 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 I mean, if you could figure out a diet for a, a, a Pac-Man frog. You can figure out a diet for a giraffe, for a zebra and whatnot. I mean, just you shouldn't yep. be feeding things like the stuff that you're feeding them. I mean, especially like with, with, with frogs and, and really with a lot of herps in general, people, for some reason, they get this idea in their head that everything needs to eat live mice. Yeah. 
and and, and they and they, they they don't like monitors. Like you have people who like they'll just they'll get they'll be throwing monitors, live rats and live mice, and they end up becoming obese, and they don't live very long because they should have been feeding them. They should have been feeding them insect protein. They should have feeding them dubious and whatnot. But yeah, it's just the thrill of seeing something eat like something live or just in general, like to go back to your question, like why do you think people like want to feed or you don't understand why people like want to feed them. It's just seeing animals eat is interesting. I mean, I'm a zookeeper. I see animals eat all the time and I still like kind of watch them in awe. Like, Oh, that's cool. Like, look at them eating. Or look at them grazing on the grass. It's, it's just a natural thing to see. And it's, it's, it's cool. So I see why people like to see them eat, you know, it's, it's just something that, but I don't think it's right to throw food into an exhibit. Like, which happens way too often. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I just remembered something that, um, the, the polar bear incident that happened back in the eighties, mm-hmm. there was actually a thrash band called method of destruction. And they actually wrote a song called don't feed the bears. And it was about that incident. And they were, they were from, they were from New York. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was, you know, the, the joke was don't feed the bears, but I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of something tragic that happened, yeah. but well, I mean, in a, in a more serious note, for people to go into an exhibit, it if like um, spider monkeys are not a code red animal. Like there was a lot of speculation, like oh, you it could end up like Harambe, where they had to they had to put that gorilla down because it was it was putting risk to human life. But the monkeys, those spider monkeys, are not code red animals. Like they they can do a lot of substantial damage to you. I just can't see um us actually using any kind of lethal force to them i think if you added like one more body in there like if we if the zookeepers had to step in if we saw it um them attacking i think they would they would run away but um in a more serious note if if you know they if, if someone trespasses into an exhibit like a like a dangerous animal like a polar bear and that polar bear attacks them you know it could end up like a whole Harambe incident again too, where they have to put that animal down, which is just so unfortunate that that animal didn't have to die that day. You know, Harambe didn't have to die that day. Um, but because the child fell into the exhibit, that that's what had to happen. Yeah. That's one of those situations that's just become, uh, there's volumes that people could speak about that. But what I was really interested in hearing from you was a lot of times when, when there's some sort of a news story, something like that, everyone becomes an armchair expert. Everybody becomes <laughs> an expert on animal behavior and animal husbandry. And then you get, you know, Joe Schmo and Jane Schmain come out of the woodwork. Well, if they had done this, if they had done that, if they had done this, I mean, how much work must go into just animal husbandry on a day-to-day basis that these people just have no comprehension of. Like, that's the thing that bothers me is when there's an incident like this that happens, go ask someone who works at the zoo or has experience doing this. Don't give lip service to someone who has absolutely no experience other than going to the zoo maybe like once in five years. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So, so is your question like what, like what really goes into it or like how much work goes into it. It's just kind of a general rant, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of just, no, mis- yeah, it makes, it makes sense though. Yeah. Like I, I know what you mean. The, the keyboard warriors, the people that go online and just, yeah, they, they think they know everything. 
Um, but yeah, when they get, when they go to the zoo once every five years, I like that. But um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not it's 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 not just the picking up the poop. You know, it's making sure the exhibit looks nice, pulling the weeds, making sure um, trees are trimmed. Like it's it's aesthetics as well. You know, making sure the the signs look good and nothing's obstructing the view. You no, know, there's no there's no like viney weeds growing on the in the um like outer fence or anything like that and then on top of that like i like i've mentioned the the relationship building with the animal to trust the the trusting shifting it on exhibit getting it to come back in you know training it twice a day like that's we have to train those monkeys twice a day for their mental stimulation and it's also you know for their benefit for medical services and whatnot as well um and we've done a damn good job with with these two monkeys you know libby's 34 and sunday's 41 um and they only they only live 25 years in the wild and they can their lifespan in zoos is about 35 to 40 years so they're on that cup they're, you know they're they're and they're doing great they're healthy so we're you know we're doing something right and for you know if imagine if what happened uh put like made like killed killed one of the monkeys you know like how how much more serious could it have been you know this it's it's all like it's all about perspective and you got to think about what could have really, really went wrong. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying what she did. What she did was horrible. Um, and no one else should ever do that. But I just think, I always just think of like worst case scenario when things like that happen. Do you think that, that there's a better way for people to become educated about animal behavior? I'm like, by that, I mean like, okay, when you go to a zoo, obviously you want to have natural behavior be front and center. But I don't really think that many people understand the complexities behind animal behavior. I and mean, obviously you can't jump every, you can't lump every animal species together, but I mean, do you have any thoughts on like better ways to get people to understand that you know, they're not human? They're not, I mean, yes, they're primates are similar to us because we are primates, but I mean, do you have any thoughts on like a, a better way to educate people in terms of how they should understand and interpret natural animal behaviors as opposed to what they think they should be. Yeah, and I, and I do this with every zoo. If you want to see the animals active, you got to get there early, get there as early as possible. Cause that's when we put their food out, we put their enrichment out and that's when they're doing those natural behaviors. They're foraging, they're, you know, uh, looking for food, they're interacting with each other. But if you, you know, you come in the middle of the day, it's a bit hot. Those monkeys are going to be sleeping, but is that not natural behavior too? They're going to be sleeping in the wild. But, um, so I, I question that, that part, they don't always have to be doing stuff all the time. But, um, I think, uh, you know, the sign says a lot about their behavior as well too. So if, if most people read their signs, they have, they have two signs that say that are, they have different writing on them as well. Um, we could probably do more keeper talks. I know we're not doing any right now because of COVID still. It's like to avoid crowds, but I'm pretty sure those are coming back soon as everything's getting a bit, a bit more lax. Um, so yeah, more keeper talks that can uh, highlight their natural behaviors, talk about their natural behaviors. I think also um, what a lot of zoos do that's that's great is um, is, is, is like have their names on display almost. And it could also go wrong. People could like yell their names and it could confuse them because they do know their names. So it could confuse them if they're like looking around like who's calling my name, um, which I knew a lot of zoos a long time ago didn't, didn't 
didn't do that. When I was a kid, I used to go to the Naples Zoo all the time. And I was like, I wanted to know what the lion's name was. And like, oh, we don't, we don't say that because it'll affect the relationship with the keepers. But that, now a lot of zoos tell people the names of their animals all the time because you form a bond with that animal sort of, you know, in a, in a way where you're like, oh, you know, if you know the name of it, it's like, oh, I want to go visit that, that animal today, like whatever animal, Sunday or Libby that day. So um, I think just making it more, definitely more educational with the keeper talks, you know, the signs, re- like make sure you're reading all the signs. The signs are super informative. We have a great graphics designer at the zoo. Um, and just ask questions. Like we are not, we love questions. Zookeepers love questions. Like, so if you, like, we will talk, like you, you, you heard me with the, with the pronghorn. I will talk your ear off about the pronghorn all day or the spider monkeys or any animal that I work with. Like we love these animals because we make these special relationships with them and we could tell you anything about them. It doesn't even have to just be like, Oh, what's a spider monkey like in the wild. You could be like, Oh, what's Sunday? Like, I want to know what she's like. Like, I love questions like that. Um, because they do like all like like I work with seven pronghorn. They all have their own different personalities. Like the two monkeys have two completely different personalities. Like it's very cool to see up close and personal. Just like that, you think like there was this old this old thought that all animals were dumb. When now we're seeing like especially with all this social media era, all these videos of crazy animals doing stuff. Like they are smarter than you would ever imagine. So. Just yeah, just just ask questions. I went on a little tangent there, but <laughs> that's okay. This is like I said, this is a bonus episode. This is one 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 long tangent, I guess we could say. I, Can I add on my last thought? Yeah, quick? go ahead. I want I want to end on a positive note. So yeah, go go for it. Yeah, definitely. Animals are crazy, right? They're awesome. So uh, there's a video on the internet. Go, you got to go find it of this magpie, which is a species of bird, um, drinking water out of like a three liter bottle of water like drinking out of the top of it like hovering over it drinking out of it and then when he can't reach it anymore he goes and grabs a rock and drops it in the water bottle and the water level rises and he's able to keep drinking out of it and it's like how did he learn to do that it was a wild animal that's great and there's videos of a there's a video of a, of a, a brown bear that's walking down the street and there's a cone that's knocked over like a, like a street cone knocked over and he all and he just writes it up he puts it back up and then keeps walking why did he do that there's no like there's no there's no like answer to that it's like why why did these there's no benefit for that animal to do that but it's like they're smarter than you think like he's probably seen a cone before that's right up and he's like oh that's not how it usually looks let me put it up (laughs) why would he want to do that so it's we know less like I, I hate people that say i'm an animal expert like i don't think there is an animal expert you may know a lot about animals but they will teach you more than you will learn than then you can learn in a lifetime so you just, that's why i like this field so much too i'm just constantly learning it's awesome that's that's great I'm, i just keep picturing that about the bear just going over to a cone and just like writing it up just because Dude, it, it's youtube it man it's there <laughs> it's amazing. I just my my last question before we go is what's something positive and, and productive that we can take from this situation just just to move forward in a in a good direction. Do you have any thoughts on on that? I guess people can see what what not to do. Like I'm hoping that from from my interview or from any of the other 
interviews that people have had or things that people are seeing or things that people are, that are reading on this can be like, if they ever had that thought, like, oh, yeah, I would definitely jump in the exhibit with an animal. Like, I hope they're like, oh, wow, I don't want to, you know, one, I don't want to go viral for this. That sounds awful. Or like, two, like, like these animals do have personalities. These animals are, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word human, but like they're, I'm not anthropomorphizing the animal, but they, they have personalities, they have emotions, they have feelings. And she, you could visibly, especially because it was a primate, like you could visibly see how upset those monkeys were. And for like, I want, I think people can see that and be like, wow, I know what not to do. Or maybe they can learn like what I was saying earlier, that if they do see some people doing, it doesn't have to be someone just jumping in an exhibit. If you see someone throwing stuff at an animal or yelling at an animal or just doing anything to try and get its attention or be too, like tapping on the glass is a big pet peeve of mine too. Like tell people to stop or tell, if they're doing it excessively, tell a security guard, tell a zookeeper. Like we will, we'll, we will, we will help a hundred percent. We will love to help. Um, and also, like I said earlier, ask us questions. We love talking about animals. We love, talking to you guys about animals so um yeah i hope that people can take a positive away from this negative situation um because that would be nice <laughs> oh i agree i think that those are all great ideas and i i also think that it's a great thing that the zoo is pursuing this in terms of i don't want to get into the whole legal aspect of it but uh you know they're they're pursuing it in a way that's going to send a message that this is not something that's going to be tolerated, which I think is, is also a good thing because I feel like there's a lot of people out there, you know, with social media, you can pretty much do what you want. And there's a lot of people out there who are using animals to accomplish ends that are not for the animal's well-being. And I feel like that sets a bad precedent. And hopefully by, you know, the El Paso Zoo pursuing this in a way that's going to discourage this type of behavior in the future that 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 that's a good thing and hopefully that will get more attention than someone carelessly going in and trying to engage an animal in a way that no one ever should yeah yeah that's beautifully said dan i'm i'm i'm, I'm a wordsmith what can i say <laughs> <laughs> hey you're better better with words than i am <laughs> i i have lots of practice i guess I'm, i yeah, i just i just do the best i can with what i have but all right, so I want to thank Mason for coming back and hopefully setting the record straight and giving us um, some thoughts about the incident that happened. And again, it's always been my position that when you're doing anything, I mean, whether you're working with animals in any capacity, obviously there there is a welfare component there that has to be put first. And this was a, a bad situation where someone erred in judgment, whether that was on purpose or what, and uh, it, it ended badly, but it could have ended worse. So... Uh, you know, it's food for thought. So I hope it gives you guys something to think about. I know tonight's episode really wasn't much of a frog show, but uh, really in the animal community, when you think about it, we're all in this together. And when something like this happens to a zoo, it, you know, it, it could happen anywhere. So I hope you guys can take something away from this tonight. Maybe give it a little bit of thought. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Catch up with you all again soon.